on the drive, pull up jumper, it's good! Isaiah Thomas gives the Celtics the lead with 2.4 remaining. Pierce puts it up for the win, knocks it down, Celtics win! Here comes Powell, Powell with Smart defending, oh it's blocked by Smart, what a play! In, Tatum takes it, makes it! Welcome everybody to the Celtics Double Take Podcast. Dylan McCaffrey and James Kwan here again today. The Boston Celtics are sitting at 11-8, and eight, although we're about an hour from tip-off against the Kings. Today we're talking about our losses against the Spurs and Lakers and our win versus the Warriors. But first things first, as always, we have our best and worst takeaways from our last week of games. One minute apiece. James, you can go first. Before we get into that, Dylan, uh, the setup looks a little more bare bones. Just moved into a new place, so I'm uh, going to have to hold my mic a little bit. Bear with us, but I'm about to go on the worst. Going to start off negative. Kemba, he's been getting out of my case lately. I'm not going to lie. He's shooting 36% since he got back. He single-handedly lost us that Spurs game, in my opinion. Also, the Lakers game, he was 1 for 12 against the Lakers. Wasn't great, but we'll talk more about that later. We'll get into when we talk about the games. Best, I know we say it every week, but Tatum and Brown, man, they show up every night. And I think the consistency is a really nice thing. It shows their development. I think especially Jalen Brown, his consistency, it just shows he's working his ass off in the gym. And I think that's a great thing. I think I'm excited just because of those two guys. I think when we get our depth back, we go right back on track. But again, we'll talk about the Kemba situation and other things going forward. Love that. I'll start off with the best things. Other than James finally moving out of New York City, escaping New York. Uh, Best things from this week. I'll actually, I'm going to throw some credit to our big men for the first time all season. Daniel Tice and Grant Williams, I was really happy with the last couple games. And it's not often that I say that, so I want to give them their due um, in this time. And the worst for me, I, I, don't, I like to pick different things from you, but the worst for me is Kemba. Um, he lost us the Lakers game and uh, very well might have lost us that Spurs game. He's getting back into it, but it's just been, it's been a slow process. So we can jump right in now. We play the Spurs, Lakers, and Warriors this week. Start with the Spurs. We, we took a 110-106 loss to them. Uh, like, like you said, like Jalen Brown and Tatum, they combined for 49 points that night. Like they're, yep. they're on it as always. And it felt like a game that we were supposed to win. Like the Spurs have been the same team for a couple of years. Like they're not throwing anything crazy at us. Um, DeMar DeRozan only took eight shots, and he had 21 points. And it was just – I think that we were maybe just outcoached that night. I don't know. I mean, DeRozan's always been a Celtics killer. Um, and the Spurs, you know, it's in a weird way in the past year, they've kind of been a little bit of Achilles heel. I have like an anecdotal piece of evidence. My friends from home came up to Boston. This is like a year ago. We're excited. We have Celtics tickets. We're all going to the game. Celtics, Spurs, we, we think we're going to blow them out. The, the Spurs end up blowing us out. This is the game where the guy threw the beer can from the top Raptors onto the, onto the court when Kemba got ejected. Obviously a soft move by the refs. I was completely behind it. But man, was it a bummer. And I was getting flashbacks of this game because we just couldn't shake them, and then we couldn't close them out, and then we lost. And I think in a lot of ways, you missed Pritchard here because of the lack of guard depth. We could have really used you know, a spark off the bench. But I was, you know, was going to save this for the Lakers game, but I'm just going to say it now. Because we already talked about how both of our worst takeaways from this past week was Kemba. And he frankly has not been good for us. We talked about it a little last week. But this is, we forget that we brought this guy on to replace Kyrie Irving, who is, as we see with the Nets, a prolific scorer, a guy that's hard to replace, even though he caused havoc in our locker room. He's been nothing close to that kind of player. 
and he shoots us out of games. This has been a thing not only this year, but even when he first got here. I used to complain to you at Emerson all the time about how he shoots us out of games. And, dude, it doesn't matter if you start – I mean, it doesn't matter if you end the game 5 for 10 if you start 2 for 10. And these batting shooting nights, they, they affect the game immensely. And I'm, I'm going to call you guys out. Because you guys want to say, like, oh, no, he just keeps shooting. we got to stop the bleeding at some point. He's a defensive liability as well. He can't stop anything. He can't guard a parked car, which is a problem. And we're paying him $36 million this year and 37 next year. And, you know, the best ability is availability. He's not been a healthy guy. I'm, listen, I know I'm tearing into him. He's a UConn guy. I try to love him. If you ride with Stores, Connecticut, you ride with me. But why is he getting the last shot? Why, why, is, he, why is he this guy that we keep on thinking – that he's the replacement from Kyrie, but he's clearly not. I don't know. What do you think? Okay, I'm glad that you have been got to hate on him because I don't like to hate on him, but he's been so disappointing. So I'm glad that you said that so I can kind of try to roll it back a little bit. He's been he's he's not been good since he came back. And I saw a lot on, on like Instagram and Twitter and stuff this week, like all the Celtics fans that hated Kyrie, they deserve Kemba now. And I <laughs> I don't think that so I don't think that Kemba is like over dribbling or like taking up too much yeah. of the possessions. And I think the shots that he is taking are open shots. Like, he, like, I don't think he's taking terrible shots. He's just missing all of them. Like, he shot us out of the Lakers game shooting one for 12, but he wasn't taking awful shots. The last look he got, like, as, like maybe you want to call timeout on that last possession, but I, I agree with what Brad said about how they got them in transition and they got, like, a, a decent open shot, and he just, he just can't hit it. And I know that as the season goes on, he'll start to hit those again, but – it's hard because last year we're looking at the playoffs and we're like, why isn't Kemba the guy he's supposed to be? And everyone, it's the injury. It's the injury. He, he's, he's not right. He's hurt. And now he's had plenty of time off. He can take as much rest as he wants. So it's not the injury now. Now it's just actually he just isn't making shots and not playing well. And that's something to be bummed about. Like, I, I'm sure he'll get better. But a one-point loss to the Lakers, a four-point loss to the Spurs, like we were on the brink of being 500 for a second. and. Yeah, it's Kemba, Kemba's been a disappointment in his return. I mean, so does far. he look healthy to you? Because he's, I, I agree, he's had a lot of time off. And you bring him back, that's the whole point, giving him all this off time. But does he look healthy to you? He doesn't. And if he's not, he shouldn't play. But if he's playing, I assume that he's either healthy or like he's the version of healthy where he just needs to like build his strength and play and get his feet under him. But he doesn't look like the guy that's breaking ankles. Like, I don't know. It, it, it's been hard. He, like he, he struggles. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know, like, like you said, there was like a two-month period where you were like, oh my gosh, is Kemba the MVP? And that, that, that was, that's his peak, and I've been, we've been chasing that for a while. I mean, I, I compare it to the Chris Dops uh, situation, where he, he hurts his knee, and obviously his knee is not a good one. It's broken. It's, something's wrong with it. Doctors can't figure it out. But you give him the off time, and it seems like years pass by, he finally comes back, and he's right back to square one. I don't know what's up with him. Um, like you said, I don't like hating on the guy. And at his best, he is a top five point guard. But we haven't seen that version of Kemba in two years now. And unfortunately, we've had him for the past two years. I don't know where we go from here. Is His contract, I believe, is up after next year. Um, not this season, but the next one. At that point, is it too late? Like, I just feel like not that we have a small window because we have Tatum and Brown, but this was supposed to be kind of – we assembled this team of having Kemba, having Goran Hayward, having all these players, and we had a little bit of a window here. And 
I don't think it's an overreaction to say that we're kind of seeing it fade away one piece at a time. I don't know, like, if we ship him, if who's going to take him. He seems like complete damaged goods. I don't know what kind of player he's also going to be with, like, like you said, another offseason rest. Is this going to change the way that Kemba plays? At the end of the day, even if he picks up his, his shooting a little bit, he is such a liability on the defensive end. It, it, it hurts to watch. And not like he's ever been a great defensive player, but he was at least able to, to sidestep, kind of stay in front of people. We're seeing none of that. Is, like at some point, if this continues, like we're not going to shut him down. So are we just going to continue to lose games because our starting point guard is going shooting 30% every night? Like, well, what's the move? If Pritchard was healthy, there'd be Celtics Twitter be talking about starting Pritchard. So, yeah, Smart got hurt during the Lakers game. Thank God he didn't tear his Achilles like everyone oh thought gosh, he did for a scary. second. And Pritchard, yeah, Pritchard's going to return soon, ideally. But, like, again, I don't want to talk about this game too much because it's going to happen in an hour. But tonight we're playing the Kings, and Kemba doesn't play back-to-backs. So we're starting – I don't know. It's going to be Carson and Tremont. Like, I, I don't really know what the plan is tonight. But – that like early in the season when we were playing without Kemba, we were like kind of waiting for him as the reinforcement. Like this team is good, but the best version of this team is we have, we have like a really great playmaking point guard. And when Kyrie left, like it was a godsend that we were able to grab Kemba and like not completely fall apart because to go from like a team with Kyrie and Horford and Morris and Hayward and Terry, and just to lose all those guys for nothing would, it would have been very tough. And so to have Kemba as like, it's it was it was very lucky to get him but we've been dealing with the fact that he's he's 30 now and he's a five foot 11 point guard and so his defense will continue to he won't get better as you know the years go on and his offense is going to apparently depend on how healthy he is and how long he can stay uh stay playing i just looked it up and he's signed through next year and has a player option for the year after that so we hypothetically have him for this year and then two more years if I don't know. I, I, I don't want to keep hating on him because I do believe that by the end of the season, he'll be closer to where we want him to be. But when he's 32 and he's still like dealing with injuries and missing shots, it's going to be hard. That's thinking a little bit ahead of things though. Um, let's talk about the Lakers game more because he was terrible. Um, one of 12, <laughs> four points, uh, yep. missed the game winner. He did get the steal on that possession, but he missed the game winner. Um, but the rest of our team, I wasn't, I wasn't super disappointed with the loss. It was no. a one-point loss to the Lakers. Jalen Brown and Tatum combined for 58. They outscored the LeBron-Anthony Davis duo. And they're like now like the official, like they're like this highest-scoring duo since Bird and McHale. So they like showed out on the Lakers game. They had a great night. And Tice that night, that's what I was getting on Tice for. Tice played 35 minutes that night. He was a plus eight. He had 14 points. He was hitting threes like – he was the best version of Daniel Tice that night. And even though he was like, you know, trying to guard LeBron and Anthony Davis and they were scoring, he did the best job of anyone on our, on our team to be able to try and stop them. And he was a useful piece that night. I think that the tough thing when we, when we talk about good Tice games, we always look at the opposing center and they at least have like 28 points. And they had 27 points. Yeah. yeah I right. think you had like, like, yeah, 27 points. And that's the problem. That's what we're, we're going out for. But yeah, honestly, this was a solid game. Um, it could have gone either way. Kemba, two years ago, hits that shot, and we win the game. But this and the Spurs game, I mean, dude, okay, first of all, the Spurs, they, they've beaten the Nuggets, they've beaten the Clippers, they've beaten the Lakers. 
So that's a solid team. We've, we go into the Lakers game, and we've played the best defense that I've seen so far this year, by far. Um, I, you know, yeah, Anthony Davis is going to score 27 against us. And in my opinion, I think that's actually the best case scenario. Yeah. But aside from that, I mean, LeBron didn't have the best game, and no one else in the Lakers really had a great game at all. Um, the smart injury, like you said, it was scary. Thank God it wasn't Achilles. In a lot of ways, and I'm going to talk about this a little, um, later with the Warriors game, he's just so valuable, and it's, it's kind of like Marcus Smart is your local CVS. Because you don't, you, you kind of oh take boy. it for granted, and <laughs> and then it closes down. And you, I'm gonna compare because because our local CVS closed down, and when that did happen, you realize how much stuff you go to CVS for, and then you're like, holy crap, I can't. You hate on it. This you're thing. like, they they close they close so early. They're so yeah. expensive, and then it's gone, and you're like, wow. And you're like, I went here for everything, and yeah. and like it was so versatile, and and then you lose, yeah, you lose him, and then you you find yourself in a really bad place overall it's a it's a great it's a great game you know we're in that i would i would like to see us win but i think that pritchard being in the lineup i think we do win i I think we're gonna play this kind of hypothetical game with if pritchard was playing until he comes back but it's just that guard depth does kemba go one for 12 if maybe there's another guard to take the pressure off a little bit do we lose the game if maybe we have a guard that doesn't shoot one for 12 there's a lot of things to take into account and you know, like you said, all things all things considered, we almost beat the Lakers, and I think that's kind of the golden standard for any of the teams in the league. Is if you beat the Lakers regular season or otherwise, it's a good sign. Um, they're the best team in the league, and we gave them a run for their money. But it kind of seems like that's the pattern, right? Like, yeah, I think a lot of our losses have been close, and this inability to close a game when we have a lead. I mean, we talk about it all year. It's just hard to do that when you don't have a little bit more depth. When you put the second unit in and you don't have Pritchard, it's kind of a bad sign for us. Um, I, I, I know we play the best defense, though. I, I, know, I don't know what else you've seen from our team in this game, but there were some good takeaways. It's just I want, I want to win that game. And it's you tough do- that if Kemba does, does – if anyone else misses the game winner, like I'm not having this attitude about it. I, I agree. And you talk about depth and the depth on this team is so fluctuating because one night we have Kemba and Smart and Pritchard, like whatever. And then Pritchard goes down, Smart goes down. Now we're leaning a little bit on Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague, is he the worst player on this team? He might be. It's because he has, and you saw in the Warriors game, he like has moments where you're like, oh yeah, yes. Fox, Jeff Teague. We were literally saying, in the Warriors game, when Brad Wanamaker checked him up, we was like, all right, like it's, it's the toilet bowl right here. Like, and I think that Teague outplayed him, but he's still like, I feel like the worst player on this team. Okay, and I said this early in the year. I was like, I was disappointed. I'm like, yeah, Jeff Teague, it's not like we're getting Hawks, Jeff Teague, but he looked terrible. Like I, I, he was shooting the three okay. But he could not make anything inside the paint. And he panics. What is what? What happens? He does a little like floater know. that back rims every time. Like, you do something else. It's crazy. Like we said it. We said it early this year that he does that floater in the paint, and it looks like he's shooting a medicine ball. It's like he doesn't know. He doesn't have that feel anymore. And we brought this guy in for this exact reason. When Kemba's not healthy, our backup point guard's not healthy. We need Jeff Teague to be Jeff Teague. And what a disappointment. Another signing by Danny Ainge that is completely questionable. What did they see in this guy? Not, I don't know if like, there's other people available on the market. But, dude, I would rather have Brad. I would rather have Brad. Because Brad plays with energy. Brad is young. Brad plays better defense. And Brad doesn't take shots that he knows he can't make. It's true. 
It's true. And I would rather have Brad going one for two than Jeff T going one for seven. Now, I, uh, I think that I hated Brad as much as you hated Tice. So I, I'm not with you there, but I understand because Teague, it's, it's, it's tough to watch sometimes. Um, yeah, but you are right. Tice had a good game. And I think in a lot of ways, this is, this is going to be uh, – this is a sign for us in the playoffs. We know we're competitive with great teams. Uh, I think that on, on our best given day, we know that Tatum and Brown are scoring enough points. are going to keep us in the game. Um, and it's really going to be about what can our second unit do to either maintain a lead or to build upon it. Um, and this is why I'm not exactly worried about uh, the last, I guess, seven games. I think we've lost, I think, five of the last seven or something like that. That when, like you said, when we get Smart back, when we get Pritchard back, it, we're going to have that depth. We saw in that, in that Wizards game when, when Taco went, went off in the end. But that whole entire game was just kind of a sign of like, hey, you know what? This team might be deep when healthy, which we went into this season thinking we got nothing coming off the bench. And look what we got. So is, is health, is COVID, like all these little factors that come in and, and make us like the team we are today, if it's like us playing bad, that's a different story. Um, I think we've kind of gotten screwed. I, I'll cut Brad some slack as well because so much has happened with COVID and injuries. Like he's had to have so many different lineups. But where I stopped cutting him slack is against the Spurs when by the second quarter we played our entire roster. We had 13 guys in the rotation against the Spurs. And I feel like we have to just like – in the Lakers game, in the Warriors game, we did the opposite of that where it's like Brown and Tatum are getting like 39 minutes and the guys off the bench come in for like 10-minute spurts and you don't have 13 guys trying to get minutes in the game like – like most of those guys are getting less than 15 minutes. It's just is weird to have like so many short spurts of guys, but I think that it's all in the effort of just figuring out who can be productive on the second unit. Grant Williams didn't play for a couple days. And then against the Warriors last night had an awesome game. Uh, yeah. It's not like, you know, crazy. It's, it's 15 points, but Grant Williams is hitting step back, dribble threes. He's no, hitting, that's, he's that, hitting that, his that shots. Step three was crazy. This is the, that was the best Grant Williams that we ever saw. And yeah, let's move to the Warriors game because this is a game that I don't think is close if we have Marcus Smart. I think that we had no one to guard Curry. And outside of Curry, I don't think anyone really had a great game. Um, and that, that's what it boils down to is that our perimeter defense when we're healthy is a lot better than what we had against the Warriors. Um, this is a lower level playoff team, right? This is like mm -hmm. what you're going to see from an eight seed, a seven seed. And you can see that on, at our worst, we still beat them. That's a good sign. I think that's where we are right now. Is that, you know, where we stand, the same, I think we're about fourth, right? Um, yeah. It's kind of accurate. I think, I think us right now as a semi-healthy, um, you know, COVID has kind of given us the, the run in the past couple of weeks. But as we stand right now, we're a team that is definitely better than the Warriors. It's definitely better than any of the lower level Eastern Conference teams. But doesn't that kind of put us back to where we were last year? Absolutely. I mean, we're a very similar looking team to last year. And I think that we're still kind of waiting for that piece that with the trade exception, it's going to make us into, into a one seed. Um, but I think that this team is capable of, of taking it up to another level. The Warriors game, you knew when there was four minutes left, and we had a 10 point lead that it was going to be a one point game with a minute left. Um, that's just the nature yeah. of having of us being the Celtics and the Warriors having Steph Curry is that our lead was never going to be safe. We were able to just barely outlast them there. 
Um, but it's games like that where I'd love to have a 10-point lead with four minutes left and win by 20. Like, we continued last night our, our trend of, like, playing, like, running at the clock and giving up leads. And I don't know. Against the, against the Spurs, I kept waiting for us to step on their neck. Against the Warriors, it was the same thing. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's been a long time we've been playing this way. And we almost yeah. fell to, to 10 and 9 that night. Well, we see, we see why I asked the question of why does Kemba have the ball late in games is because we see in games that we pull away, when, when we give Tatum the ball at the end of the game, um, he make, he's the one who makes plays. And that's the thing. We, we do lack a killer instinct. There's only one guy on our team that's a killer instinct. It's Tatum, and it's when he's at his best. When Tatum doesn't have that killer instinct, we saw that in the playoffs, we cannot close out games. And we need, like you said, we need to run through Tatum and Brown in a way that maybe they do play 39 minutes a game. Maybe we don't see what Neesmith has on a given Wednesday night. Maybe it doesn't matter. Seriously. Like, maybe they, if Mike D'Antoni goes out in the past five years in Houston, plays eight people a night, and has success with it, you have to look at, like, playing to your strengths. Every shot that a Neesmith takes, that – a Grant Williams takes that anyone else takes is a shot that Tatum and Brown don't have. That was my argument for the, for the whole entire Kemba situation was that he goes two for 10. That doesn't just mean that Kemba has a bad game. That means that eight shots have gone by that are misses that are frankly just turnovers that our two best players are not taking. So it's almost like four point plays when he misses a two point shot. It's just, it's, it's a, harsh, it's a harsh world, NBA. You don't want to tell your players, you don't want to tell your bench players, don't take shots because we got two of the most talented wing players in the entire league. But that's exactly what's going on right now. So that, you're right. That is where I don't cut Brad the slack. Um, there is no reason for us to be in a close game with a 10-point lead with that late into the fourth quarter. I'm going to put it on coaching. I really am. It's hard to pinpoint exactly what goes wrong because sometimes what we do is that maybe it's the nature of like the last couple of years having so many good players, but at the end of game, sometimes we pass the ball around so much trying to get like the best shot. And like, I feel like more so in the last five minutes than the entire rest of the game, we don't get a shot. Like we like, we'll have the shot clock expire on us because like we've been dribbling for so long, so long. And on the other half of it, we play badly. It's because like smart or someone who's not Tatum, like you said, like tries to go ISO really quick. And we're like pulling up from three. Like, like sometimes we're running at the clock, passing too much. And sometimes we're forcing things ISO. And I agree that it's coaching. We should have a last four minutes of the game strategy that goes through Tatum and Brown to, to step on their necks. I don't know. Well, as a broader question to you, when does Tatum get that respect? Because we, we look at other guys, Luca, James Harden, LeBron, uh, even Giannis, who has really no business taking that shot at the end of a game. These teams, it doesn't matter. You throw the playbook out the window. You give it to your best player. You tell them to make a play. We had that a little bit in that tiny, you know, three-week stretch last year where, where Tatum, kind of right before the All-Star break, was having this, like, MVP-like tear. We gave him the ball in the games, and he hits a step back on Paul George. He, he has those moments. But when does he kind of demand that respect? Like, how, how much more does this have to go on until we give him that? I mean, you remember the beginning of this year, like he had in like the first week took like three potential game winners. He made the one against the Bucks. 
So I think for the last possession, he's, he's our, 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 our key guy against the Lakers. If we had called timeout, I would have liked them to draw a play for Tatum. And when he deserves the respect to, to just like demand the ball, I feel like it's gotta be now. Like he's coming back from his COVID time off and Jalen Brown was cooking in that time. And Kemba is just coming back. So there is like a little bit of a mix in the pot of like, you know, who, who should be getting these shots. But I do think that with three minutes left, like you say, it's like, it's like Luca. Like Luca's not the point guard, but Luca should be like having the control of the ball in his hands with the last few minutes of the game. And I don't know if you watched the Nets and Clippers, but in the last couple minutes of the Nets Clippers game, 22 straight points came out of uh, Kyrie, Harden, and Katie. And in the last three minutes of our games, all of our points should be coming out of Brown, Tatum, and Walker or Smart or whoever we have that night. Um, it, it, I don't know. It's when, right. when Grant Williams is, is is taking corner threes in the last minute of the game. It's they want Grant Williams taking that shot. They want the ball out of Tatum's hands, and they've been successful at that. Well, I think we created a situation where I shouldn't say we. It it's time for the weekly. Is this Danny Ainge's fault? Because. <laughs> This is what you do. You don't. You fail to recognize that you have a guy in in Tatum that is a generational talent, and yeah, you you do go get Kemba. Don't get me wrong, but you pay a guy thirty seven million, and he's making as much as guys like Dame Lillard, and then you you don't want him taking the last shot. Like 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 I don't I don't know where we step. Like like what is this team? I think he's created a team that frankly does not have a clutch time identity. Um, and, and it's partially due to who's getting paid more, who's supposed to be the centerpiece. He's kind of created this open-ended question um, that is going to last for, the, like you said, the next three years. No, I, I agreed. And we're going to have to see that question try and get answered against the Clippers this week. Because um, we played the Clippers a couple times last. I think that our best games, like most fun games last year, were the Clippers games. Even the one yeah. we lost, that overtime game with the Tatum step back, was awesome. So the Nets just barely beat the Clippers a couple days ago. We're playing them on Saturday night and we're going to have to see, like we just took this loss to the Lakers. Like, are we going to handle the end of the Clippers game differently? Are we going to handle things differently tonight? Um, I hope that when we go up against the Clippers, that it's, it's Tatum having the ball in the end, Brown having the ball at the end. Um, Kemba's getting rest tonight. So Kemba's going to be coming off a lot of rest and Pritchard will probably be back. That's what I'm hearing is that, I think maybe just back I don't weekend. want to rush him back like we rushed back Kemba. But sure. before we win the Clippers, I don't think we can look past the Kings. The Kings are a team, if the Spurs are like an Achilles heel team, the Kings are definitely a team that we end up losing against a lot that we shouldn't be. Buddy Heald is due for like a 40-point game every time we play the Kings. And uh, I think it's particularly a hard team we're going to to play without Marcus Smart. Um, I don't know who, like you said, Kemba's not playing this game. How do we match up against Jaron Fox, Buddy Heald, and Tyrese Halliburton? I have no idea. Um, maybe that we have, like, some of our wing players go out and defend their prominent point guards and, and backcourt because they don't really have a lot of people at the four position that you need to worry about. But I think we match up terribly against the Kings. I really do. Yep, we play them in one hour. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to put myself on a limb here. And with, with the uncertainty of this and just say we're coming off a back-to-back on the road and we don't have Kemba and we don't have Smart, but I think we pull off a win tonight because I think we're better than the Kings. And 
I don't know. I like the direction this team is trending in, even though a lot of the time it feels like we're just running in place. I do think that we're seeing better nights from Grant Williams and Tristan Thompson and different guys against the Warriors. Tice at a plus 24 highest on the team by far a plus 24 and a four point win is nothing to, to ignore. Okay. Um, you know how I feel about plus minus, but yeah, I, I mean, I think we match up better against the Clippers um, than we do against Phoenix, who I think we play after the Clippers. Um, we have we have wing guys to to to, to try to throw out Kawhi to try to throw out Paul George. Uh, it's it's definitely a team like you said that we've always been competitive with, and I think that even with our lack of depth, like you said, just like I you know I talk about the Kings and us not being able to defend uh, their backcourt players, but who do the Kings really have to to guard Tatum and Brown? Who are the Clippers? You know, are, are you going to tire out like Kawhi and Paul George to chase a uh, you know, Jalen Brown and uh, Tatum all game. It's kind of a, it's kind of a tough question for them. Whereas Phoenix uh, CP three is the perfect kind of guy to, to take advantage of your backcourt weaknesses. And I think Devin Booker is kind of due for an explosion game. He's kind of been disappointing so far. Maybe he made that trend continues, but you know, these are solid teams. I think that, like you said, um, on our best night, we, we, we beat these teams. I think that, if, if we can hang with the Lakers, if we can hang with the Clippers. But, like, what do you – I don't know. What do you need to see? Like, what, what are the keys to beat a team like the Clippers, to beat a team like Phoenix? These are upper echelon playoff teams, and obviously something has to change. Someone who kills us that plays for the Clippers is Serge Ibaka. And I think that a key to victory for us against the Clippers is to have our big men hopefully play better than their big men. Because their big men, what, they got, they got Serge, they got Ibaka, like – or that's the same guy. They got uh, Zubak, right? Yeah. Like, I don't like that's, that's a mismatch for us a lot of nights, but I think that we can handle them. And then if we handle them, then we look at the Kawhi Paul George duo versus the Tatum Brown duo. I feel like I have confidence in this Tatum Brown duo uh, to outplay those two. The rest of the, the supporting cast, you know, is hit or miss on that night. So I think it comes down to, are we going to out-rebound them and outplay them inside? And are Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum going to outplay them? That's a little bit of the luxury is that, you know, our, our, we're, we're, we're harping on the, the pieces of this team, like the, the smaller pieces, the guys that get 15 minutes. But ultimately, Tatum and Brown can win us any given game. So hopefully they can win us uh, the game against the Clippers. Clippers are the two seed, Suns are the five seed. And we play the Jazz, who are somehow the one seed this year. So it's going to be a tough week. The Suns sure. uh, definitely can't can't look past the Suns because they're way better this year. I haven't seen them play a ton, but I know Chris Paul is still Chris Paul, and Devin Booker dropped seventy on us once, so that'll be a fun game. True. In a loss, in a loss, but yeah, I mean, I think the the biggest thing for me is just how like when Kemba was out, it was kind of like the ultimate tryout for the backcourt depth of our team. With Smart being out and with Pritchard being out. I think this is the ultimate tryout for guys like Grant Williams, like Neesmith. I'm not going to give him, I'm not going to give him a pass. Other guys need to step up. And I think that these games can really make or break people. Like if a guy like Grant Williams continues to have 15 point games against these teams, we're a whole different team. We really are. Cause he's a great defensive player. So like it, I think I view this next week as a tough stretch of games. Yes. But as an ultimate tryout for a bench depth, can they step up? Are we going to see a little bit more taco? All questions I want to see answered. Absolutely. Uh, against the Jazz, I've got to tell you, I haven't watched a single Jazz game this year. 
but they're the one seed. So they look good. No, they look good for sure. I think that the Jazz and Suns, more so than the Clippers, are two teams that just like they want to win every game. Like they 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 yeah. like are like the Heat last year, where it's just a group of guys that are scrappy and want to win and will find ways to win. So the Clippers like have more firepower, but they have a history of choking, obviously. So it's gonna be three tough games. Uh, can't underestimate any of these opponents, but we we're, we're we're getting back into it. We're gonna have another full strength lineup uh, minus Smart for these games. Um, I don't think that any of these are a back to back. So hopefully this week goes well. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That is gonna do it for us this week on Double Take Celtics. You can subscribe on iTunes at Celtics Double Take or go find Double Take on YouTube. For extra credit, you can follow the Double Take Show on Instagram. James, you got any last words? I know New England fans are out there. Bet on the Bucks. I'm telling you, Tom Brady's going <laughs> to pull this one out. Super Bowl week. James, welcome back to New England. Glad to have you. Appreciate it. Escape from New York. Love it. Go Celtics. We'll see you next week. All right, take care.